Peter Laviolette is not happy after the Rangers sleepwalk through a good chunk of their preseason game against the New York Islanders. We discussed that, as well as a rough performance for the Panarin, Trocek, and Lafreniere line. All this and much more on today's episode of Locked On, New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 909 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And so, uh, first and foremost, let me just say, obviously, this game was postponed from uh, Friday to Saturday, this Ranger game against the Islanders. And uh, it was due to, you know, a lot of flooding and obviously just a, a crazy amount of rain here in the Northeast. So first and foremost, I uh, just hope everybody's doing well out there. Everybody's safe and uh, hopefully not too much damage caused by the rain or anything along those lines. Uh, as far as uh, the Rangers are concerned, I don't think it really made a whole bunch of an impact on them as far as uh, which players they were going to throw out there. Uh, the one notable change, though, it sounds like Mika Zibanejad had that game been played on Friday. They weren't going to play him out there for both games of the back-to-back, but once it got moved to Saturday, they chose to do exactly that, uh, to put him out there for both of those games. So that's the one notable change. Uh, besides that, though, not too much of an impact, and really just not a very good game for the Rangers. It's interesting because you watch a game like this, and they're down 4 nothing, and obviously they're not playing very well, and then they start to rally You know, in the third period to get, get those three goals they cut the Islander lead down to four to three. Islanders get the empty narrow to win five to three. And I'm sitting there like as they're rallying, I'm thinking like, you know, if they come back and they win this game, like it's going to be one of the most empty, like four nothing comeback wins ever. I mean, if it's the regular season and you're down by four goals and you come back and win, I don't care how you do it. That's an awesome win. But the fact that this is preseason and obviously the Rangers didn't play well for basically the first two periods of this game, you come back and win. I mean, it's nice and everything, but uh, there's still a lot of things that really didn't go very well uh, for the Rangers in this game. And one of them, and it's the one that I think we got to start with here, uh, the Panarin, Trotrek, and Lafreniere line pretty much just had a brutal night. I mean, I don't really know how else to say it. Uh, you can tell just by looking at the stat sheet or, you know, use your eyes watching the game, a lot of turnovers for that line. And, you know, we'll start with the stats. That's that's the most, you know, bare bones stuff. And then I'll, I'll look at some more specific plays and kind of explain uh, everything that went wrong for this line here. But as far as the stat line goes, uh, so Trojek actually ended up with a primary assist on the Brennan Offen goal. And Lafreniere had the primary assist on the Barclay Goodrow goal. No points for Panarin. But don't let the assist fool you. This still was not a good night for that line, uh, not in the slightest. Our, our Temi Panarin didn't look very good at all, although it is his first preseason game. And again, he's kind of an established veteran. I like to think that not just Panarin, but the whole team was hopefully trying to learn a new system. And maybe that's why, you know, at times they looked a little bit, a little bit slow, a little bit indecisive, and uh, just not a very good game. Um, but regardless, again, those, those guys just did not have a good night. Panarin was a minus three. Lafreniere and Trotrek were both a minus two. Uh, so that's a minus eight combined. Only six shots on goal combined, which is actually uh, more than I probably would have guessed for those three combined in this game. Uh, and just a lot of mistakes. And to me, that's worse than any stat line or any you know lack of offensive production. A lot of mistakes for really all three of those guys. Uh, there was an instance in the first period where... Uh, you had Matthew Robertson making a pass up to Vincent Trocek in the neutral zone. Trocek basically gets his pocket picked, and Barzell, he's the guy that stole it. He went in there alone, and nice save by Jonathan Quick on the breakaway. But that all happened because, you know, Trocek gave away the puck to Matt Barzell. Uh, then 
You have Pajot scoring to make the goal or make the score one to nothing. A lot going on on this play. So Pajot has the puck in his own zone, basically weaves around Alexi Lafreniere in the Islander zone, uh, passes into the neutral zone. Islanders eventually gain the Ranger blue line. Braden Schneider's there. He takes this guy into the boards. Good play by Braden Schneider. Uh, but the Islanders maintain possession of the puck. And then you have a centering pass from along the boards in front to Pajot. At this point, you know, Lafreniere was really kind of loafing on this play. And, you know, I realized he was, I believe, at the end of a pretty long shift. And maybe at this point he was gassed. But it just didn't look good. You know, once the Islanders had the puck and they started getting the puck out of their own zone, getting the puck into the neutral zone, into the Rangers zone, Lafreniere was just kind of, you know, gliding, not really skating very hard at all. I, I mean, I, you can't argue any other way. He clearly was not skating hard on this play for whatever the reasons might have been. Uh, seemed like he just kind of lost track of Pajot. And the, again, Pajot was just skating harder and, and faster and better. Uh, I'll say, you know, Lafreniere, once he saw that play developing at the last second, he did lay out. You know, he dove headlong to try to break up the pass. So um, I guess a couple of points for effort there. But this is a bad play by Alexi Lafreniere. Again, just completely lost track of Pajot. And it leads to a goal for the Islanders. And again, you just hope that it was a case of him being gassed at the end of the shift. But even that, you know, that's not even the best excuse either. Um, I, you know, I think those Islander players, for the most part, were out there just as long as he was. So... Um, not good there. Uh, and again, just an example of, uh, you know, several misplays by this line on this night. And Pajot, you know, he's been a little bit of a Ranger killer, I feel like. He's he's gotten them a couple times with the Islanders, and he had that crazy game when he was on the centers a few years ago, uh, right before the Ranger rebuild. Didn't he score like four goals in, in, a, in a playoff game against the Rangers? There was one game and, and pretty much the whole series where he basically took over. So uh, Pajot is somebody I'm always a little nervous when he's on the ice, uh, regardless of what team he's playing for. But then... The Islanders make it 2 0, and again, it's a miscue by the Panarin, Trocek, and Lafreniere line. So we're only in the first period, maybe like midway through at this point, and already we've had three costly turnovers by every single member of this line. And with Lafreniere, it wasn't really a turnover, but he got out hustled and outworked. Uh, and obviously with Trocek, you know, quick bailed him out, but quick couldn't bail out Panarin here. Um, Brock Nelson ends up scoring. Islanders go up 2 0. And what happened, you have uh, Jacob Truba trying to move the puck out of the Ranger zone, up to Panarin, and the puck just bounced off of Panarin's stick, went right to Brock Nelson, and he makes a nice move on the doorstep and goes five-hole, and the Islanders score, and just like that, it's two to nothing. So uh, clearly not a banner night for these guys. Uh, even when Bo Horvat scored on the wraparound, this one I would put on Jonathan Quick a little bit because I didn't think he was all that uh, quick, no pun intended, to move from the right side of his net to the left side of his net and prevent that wraparound try. But even on this play, you know, the guy went right around. It was Bo Horvat. He went right around Artemi Panarin. Not a lot of resistance there from Panarin, and it's three to nothing. And as far as the fourth goal that the Islanders scored, I mean, this line wasn't on the ice for the Rangers, but uh, another case, uh, which was a theme in this game of the Rangers being outworked. Uh, Robertson and Brodzinski were on Johnston behind the net, but he kind of fights them off, uh, gets it along the boards to McLean, and then McLean, a pass behind his back in front to Cal Clutterbuck, who scores from the doorstep. And the Rangers, like I said, kind of got outworked on that goal. So, again, I mentioned this earlier. You hope this is a case of the Rangers just trying to learn a new system and guys maybe not going pedal to the metal just because they know it's a preseason game and they know the NHL season is a marathon. But honestly, that's not going to cut it either. We've seen, I mean, the Rangers have lost their last two games. And both games have had kind of a regular season feel to it. You know, Rangers-Devils, that rivalry is clearly on the up and up. And uh, both teams competed very hard in that game. The Islanders won that one, or the, De the Devils won that one. And then in this game, uh, kind of the same deal. I mean, it felt more like a regular season game. A lot of the regulars were out there for both teams. 
and the Islanders pretty much just took it to the Rangers and avenged their earlier preseason loss to the Rangers. So, you know, with Laviolette, he, he's talked about the importance of having to build an identity basically from day one, you know, training camp, practice, um, preseason games, and the Rangers did not do that in this game. I, at least I hope that's not the identity uh, that they're going to go with into the regular season. But it's getting late fast here in the preseason, four games down, two games to go. Rangers are one and three right now. And, um, you know, the Bruins game was not good. Devils game was back and forth. You know, the Devils edged them out. Um, and the Rangers played very well against the Islanders, the, the first game against the Islanders, but the second game against the Islanders, uh, not good at all. I'd, I'd say it's probably their weakest performance of the preseason, especially when you consider that we're getting later in the preseason and it's, it's about time to go here. The regular season really is uh, just around the corner. As far as Artemi Panarin and his debut in this game, I want to kind of focus in on him a little bit more specifically than the other two on that line. You know, there just wasn't a whole lot there. There, there was one play where he had the puck up the left side, showed off, you know, some nice stick handling as he's obviously able to do. Um, I already mentioned the turnover that led directly to a goal. Couldn't handle a pretty basic pass from Jacob Truba on that play. Uh, we did see Panarin when the Rangers were on the power play make a pretty nice behind-the-back pass to Matthew Robertson, who attempted a one-timer that was turned aside. Um, but yeah, again, you know, just just not a great night for, for Panarin or this line. With Panarin, I, I'm not too worried about it. Uh, obviously, he is one of the elite players in this league, and uh, you figure when these games count, he's going to be at his best. And again, it was his first action. A lot of these guys have played, you know, two or three or uh, in Johnny Brodzinski's case, all four games for the Rangers. So, um, yeah, no, no cause for concern there as far as Panarin goes. But uh, as far as this line being together, I mean, we'll see what they end up going with. Practice just started here on uh, Monday morning. Uh, it doesn't look like that line is together at the moment. And Lafreniere is actually back to playing some left wing. Um, so we'll see if that sticks, if Lafreniere is back at left wing at the start of the regular season. But uh, as far as this line goes, which I think at times impressed last season, certainly did not impress uh, in the slightest in this loss against the New York Islanders. Going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. Uh, we have to uh, get to some more details from this game. I want to talk about Jonathan Quick and why I don't think it's panic time as far as you know how he's played thus far in the preseason. And I also want to get to some of Peter Laviolette's comments because he was not happy at all after, uh, once again, a very lackluster showing by the Rangers against the Islanders. We're getting to all that good stuff in just a second. But first, got to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and much, much more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for when you go with eBay Motors. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. All right, we just want to thank everybody. As always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day, we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And for the everydayers, you guys will definitely want to stick around uh, throughout this entire week here. We're gearing up for the start of uh, New York Ranger regular season hockey. We're going to be talking about the uh, latest line combinations from practice and all the latest storylines from practice, uh, including Alexi Lafreniere 
moving, at least for today, back to the left wing. Also going to talk about some of the Rangers who were either uh, reassigned to Hartford and or placed on waivers. Uh, one player, Ty Emerson, was actually claimed by the San Jose Sharks. So uh, officially, an ex-New York Ranger is Ty Emerson. We'll talk about all those players uh, in the next episode as well. And we're also going to talk about, you know, Will Cooley and Brian Offman. They're still around. Uh, do one or both of them make the opening night roster where I discuss that for sure. For right now, though, I do want to turn the attention for Jonathan Quick. He ends up stopping 21 of the 25 shots that he faces in this preseason game against the Islanders. Uh, he played the first two periods. Dylan Garand then played the third period, stopped all seven shots that he faced. Um, you know, really, we, we've kind of already broken down the goals that Jonathan Quick gave up here. And when you look at it, there, only the third one is the one that I place mostly on Jonathan Quick. Now, obviously... You'd like for him to be able to make some of those spectacular saves that we've seen him make in the past. Obviously, somebody known as a very athletic goalie. Uh, the third goal, again, that's the one that they score on the wraparound, and I thought he was just a little bit slow uh, moving from right to left to get in position uh, to stop that shot. But the first two, just really, really bad turnovers. Are in, in the first one, again, it's not a turnover, but Lafreniere just was not where he needed to be and seemed to dog it on the back check. And then we had a terrible turnover by Panarin. And then uh, the fourth goal, you know, that was a case of the Rangers basically just getting outworked. Now, could Quick have maybe stopped one or two of these? It's at least possible. But again, other than the third goal, I'm putting most of the blame for this on the Rangers skaters uh, as opposed to Jonathan Quick. Jonathan Quick made a lot of uh, really nice saves in this game as well. I already mentioned the save that he made after the neutral zone turnover by Vincent Trocek. Uh, you also had a situation right after the Rangers went down one to nothing. Uh, Brock Nelson had a strong shot from the right faceoff circle. Quick was able to fight it off. Um, he later fought off a shot by Barzell that was in deep, you know, ran right the doorstep there. Uh, there was a really weird play. I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but um, basically the linesman almost created a scoring opportunity for the Islanders. Uh, Matthew Robertson was on the ice and he was trying to go get the puck. It had been dumped into the, the Rangers zone and the linesman like basically threw a pick. I, I know he didn't do it on purpose. And obviously, you know, he's trying to get into position and where he needs to be. Um, but Matthew Roberts is trying to get around this linesman. They must have been tangled up for like a good two or three seconds. And at a certain point, I'm thinking like, man, just, just push him off of you. Like, I don't want any violence against referees or anything. But Matthew Robertson's got to go get the puck and go make a play. Islanders were able to get the puck. And, um, you know, the, the Islanders ended up with like a decent scoring chance out of this. But uh, Jonathan Quick made the save there as well. Um, he also made um, in the second period a, a tough save against Bo Horvat right on the doorstep. Uh, later robbed Horvat on kind of a sliding shot. Horvat was taking a, a shot from the slot. So obviously a high danger scoring opportunity. I really don't think Quick got a lot of help in this game. And, you know, last year we had the other veteran goalie, right? It was Yaroslav Halak. He was the, the backup to Igor. And uh, he got off to a little bit of a rough start in the regular season. But I thought his struggles were a little bit uh, exaggerated, a little bit overstated. His numbers didn't look good. But when you get it lit up as a goalie once or twice early in a season, it's going to take a while for that save percentage to get back to where you want it to be, for that goals against average to get back to where you want it to be. Uh, I thought... Halak was doing okay, despite obviously not getting a lot of wins. I think he lost like his first six starts or something along those lines. Maybe might have even been seven. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's kind of a similar thing with Jonathan Quick here. I, I think he'll end up doing a good job for the Rangers as the backup goalie. There will probably be hiccups uh, along the way. But like I said, I, I did not think he got a ton of help in this game uh, from his Ranger teammates. That is for sure. So I, I'm nowhere near pushing the panic button as far as uh, it, it concerns Jonathan Quick. I, I think, again, he'll, he'll round into form at least a little bit. And uh, more often than not, go out there and at least give the Rangers a chance to win. And I, I think that's the biggest thing that you want from your backup goalie. Uh, also want to talk a little bit about the line combinations. You know there's a lot going on when we wait this long to talk about the line combos because that's always such a hot-button topic. 
uh, for Ranger fans. But yeah, the Rangers went into this game. Uh, your top line is Cooley, Mika, and Offman. I mean, you talk about giving the two kids an opportunity, right? Now they're on the top line uh, with Mika Zibanejad between them. Uh, not a, a big night or, uh, you know, kind of a, a noticeable night for this line early on. But Will Cooley and Brent Offman each end up scoring a goal in this game. We'll talk about those goals in greater detail uh, once we kind of highlight the Ranger comeback, which we're going to do in a little bit here. But overall, you know, Mika, not the best game from him, just wasn't very noticeable. And again, it, I sound like a broken record here, but you hope that it's a case where they're learning a new system, the veteran players, and also maybe trying to conserve a little bit for the regular season. But uh, again, I, I don't know how that's going to mesh with uh, with LaViolette if he feels like the Ranger players are, you know, kind of just coasting in the preseason here. Because for him, I think it's very, very important for this Ranger team to establish an identity. And like I mentioned earlier, we're not able to uh, establish a good identity, at least not in this game. Uh, then you had the second line of Panarin, Trocek, and Lafreniere. They were bad. We already covered them in great detail. There's no reason to keep beating a dead horse. I'm sure all three of them would probably be the first ones to tell you that. Uh, the third line, Jimmy Vesey, Barclay Goodrow, and Ryan Pitlick. Uh, I felt like this was a big game for Jimmy Vesey to try to reassert himself. Uh, he made a really nice backhanded cross-ice pass to his left to Barclay Goodrow. Uh, Goodrow then tried to set up Pitlick for a deflection in front of the net. Uh, did not work. They weren't able to convert there. But that was one of the best scoring opportunities that the Rangers had uh, in, in any of the first two periods, they were obviously shut out uh, through two periods and, you know, at least a good opportunity there. Um, VZ did end up with an assist in this game. He had the primary assist on Will Cooley's goal. But yeah, those are two guys that I, I think for sure are, are fighting to be out there on opening night. I mean, I don't think they're in danger of like, you know, being placed on waivers or anything along those lines. But yeah, those those spots are up for grabs. You got Will Cooley and Brian Offman coming on strong. Uh, all of a sudden, we got a bit of a battle for those last couple of forward spots for the New York Rangers. and. Right now, it, it does feel like, and this is not what I was expecting going into training camp, it does feel like Pitlick maybe has a little bit of a, a stronger hold on an opening night roster spot than does Jimmy Vesey. So these last couple of games could be big for Jimmy Vesey as well uh, if he wants to be out there on opening night. And as for Barclay Goodrow, uh, he ends up in a fight in this game. Uh, there was a big hit uh, by Anders Lee on Mac Hollowell in the corner, and Goodrow immediately challenged him. They dropped the gloves. Goodrow lands a punch or two. They both fall to the ice. Uh, this was a clean hit by Anders Lee. He hit Hollowell near the boards, and Hollowell sort of like, he almost like twisted. It was almost like a helicopter move. So the way he hit the boards, it probably looked worse to Goodrow than it actually was. And this is how it is in the NHL. A big hit, a lot of times you're going to be challenged uh, by your opponent, and that's what Goodrow did here. And Goodrow ends up with 17 minutes of penalty time. Now, I'm all in favor when somebody like blatantly instigates a fight and when somebody... Uh, attacks an opponent just because that opponent put a big clean hit on their teammate. Um, I'm all for, for giving that two minute penalty. I, I think that's a good rule, but 17 minutes here, you know, the 10 minute misconduct and everything. And obviously the five for fighting that felt like a bridge too far. I, I don't want to see an overcorrection here. Just give them the extra two minutes and uh, let that be the end of it. I, I don't think this is at all worthy of a, uh, a 10 minute misconduct and, you know, good draw against Lee. That's an even fight. It's not like he's jumping somebody out there who never fights or anything along those lines. And Lee seemed more than happy to oblige uh, in this situation. So the 17 minutes felt a bit extreme. You get a fourth line of Edstrom, Brodzinski, and Rempe. Um, Edstrom and Rempe both uh, have been reassigned to Hartford. That's my understanding. Or, you know, they, they've both been cut from the Rangers, at least. I, I do have to look at that roster again and, and go through all the cuts and everything. Because there have been a lot the last couple of days here. It's kind of coming in waves right now. And uh, it's down to the nitty-gritty as far as, you know, who's going to make this opening night roster for the New York Rangers. But I love that they put Matt Rempe back out there. He got into a fight uh, the last time the Rangers played the Islanders. And he had a big hit on Mayfield. 
uh, midway through the third period here. Mayfield retaliated retaliated and took a penalty. Um, so that was nice to see uh, Rempe drawing a power play there. And Brodzinski, he was actually the only Ranger to play in all three of the first three Ranger preseason games. And now the only Ranger to play in all four of the Rangers' first four preseason games. And I'm sure he's loving it. I mean, this is somebody that's trying to scratch and claw his way onto the roster, onto the opening night lineup, and he's got a shot at it. I mean, Brodzinski has played very well in this preseason. I don't, yeah, he still doesn't have any goals. He's like hit the post twice and, and, and just missed another time. He's he's had some good opportunities and uh, bring some speed to the Rangers as well. Uh, I think he's got a shot to be out there on opening night. We shall see. But I think the fact that they've had him play all four preseason games, um, that bodes well for him. That tells me that they're giving him a, a good long look and they're giving him every opportunity to, to try to win this job. I'm still kind of in favor of Will Cooley and Brent Hoffman starting in the AHL. I know that people are excited and both those guys have played well, but we've seen the Rangers rush guys into the NHL before. Uh, we're still seeing it in some ways with Kako and Lafreniere. I mean, those two can still turn out to be very good players. Um, and I, I think Capo Kako is going to have a big year this year. That He's kind of my guy to, to really break out for the Rangers. But yeah, I don't know. There's part of me. Rangers have a good roster. It's not like you absolutely need these guys right now. So maybe start them in the AHL, have them build their confidence. I know Cooley played with the Wolfpack last season. Brent Offman did not. Let them just continue to go down there and hopefully dominate. And when you need a spark or when you just feel like they've truly earned it, that's when you make that move. That's when you call them up. As far as defense pairings, we had Ryan Lindgren out there with Braden Schneider. We had Matthew Robertson out there with Jacob Truba. Truba ends up with a pair of secondary assists in this game and also uh, four hits as well. So a uh, good game for Jacob Truba. We also had Ben Harper and Mac Hollowell. Harper was kind of mixing it up out there. That's kind of what he does. I mean, he's got to be an enforcer and he's got to be that guy uh, that watches out for his teammates if he you know, wants to make this team. Um, and he was mixing it up with some Islanders. Cal Clutterbuck wanted no part of him. So um, that was kind of interesting to see that. But yeah, I mean, that's it as far as the line combos con are concerned. I'm sure they'll continue to mix and match these last couple of games here. But hopefully going into the regular season, they have a firm idea of what they want to do and uh, who's going to play with who and who's going to be on this roster um, going forward. But you got some more practices and two more preseason games to make that determination. Going to keep everything rolling in just a second. I want to talk a little bit about uh, the Rangers staging a furious rally in the third period. Fell just short. They cut a 4-0 lead down to 4-3. to And I uh, also want to talk a little bit about Peter Laviolette's post-game comments. We'll do all that in just a second. But first, got to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Athletic Greens. AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it literally every day. I gave it a try because I wanted to see what all the hype was about, and I wanted a supplement that actually tasted great. Now I drink it every morning. It's pretty much the first thing I do when I wake up. I got to have it uh, before I do anything active, before the day job, before recording the newest episode of Locked on New York Rangers, just the best way possible uh, to start the day. AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrients to support whole body health. AG1 replaces your multivitamin, probiotic, and more in one simple drinkable habit. AG1 helps you build your health foundation first. All great athletes have one thing in common. They take care of their bodies, and a huge part of that starts with optimizing whole body health. A lot of them also drink AG1, and that's why I'm a huge fan. With every daily serving, I'm setting myself up for success with 75 high-quality ingredients that give me key daily nutrients and support energy, focus, strength, and clarity. If a comprehensive solution is what you need, from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL network. 
and check it out. Let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here, kind of put a bow on this game. And like I said, the next episode, we're going to turn our attention to some of the roster moves that the Rangers have made and obviously keep our eye on all the latest happenings in training camp at these practices. But worth pointing out, you know, as lackluster as the Rangers were for two games, uh, they showed some fight at the end, scored three goals, almost pulled off, you know, a big-time rally against their rivals here. Uh, You've got Brennan Hoffman getting things started about midway through the third period. He has a stuffing goal, kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, you've got Trocek playing the puck toward the net, and Offman's there. Uh, he knocks it down with his right skate, right back to his stick, stuffs it in. So a beautiful goal from Brian Offman there. Um, you know, using having the wherewithal to go with his skate to settle the puck, and then playing it to his stick and stuffing it home. This comes one game after he scored another highlight real goal uh, in in the most recent game. You had Eric Gustafson taking a slap shot. His stick broke, but it went. The puck went right to Brian Offman. He wound back blasted it and scored. So Brian Hoffman looking great and also playing very physical. So that's obviously great to see as well. Um, We have the second goal where Barclay Goodrow, he's working hard to fight for the puck. Uh, Truba has a shot blocked. Uh, Goodrow finds it and scores from the doorstep. That makes it four to two in favor of the Islanders. And I wrote this in my notes, even before the Rangers scored their third goal. It's nice to get Semyon Varlamov for a couple of goals here late in this game. You know, we've talked about how at times he's been something of a Ranger killer, but I think in recent seasons, the tide is starting to turn there. The Rangers have been getting into getting to him rather uh, a little bit more frequently. And uh, like I said, he was out there for the whole game. So not only do they deny him the shutout, but they gave him for three goals uh, in the final few minutes here, which leads me to the third goal. Rangers have the empty net with three minutes left. And, you know, they're, they're creating some chances. There's an icing on the Islanders with 111 left. The Islanders uh, on the next shift were unable to clear. You've got Will Cooley scoring on a tip-in with 50 seconds left. Bit of a bouncing puck kind of play. Uh, there was a shot from the point by Truba. Looks like it hit somebody on the way to the net. Uh, then it deflects off of Johnny Brodzinski, who's right in front of the net. It goes right to Will Cooley on the other side, and uh, he's there. And, um, you know, good hand-eye coordination, obviously. Finds the puck quickly, sweeps it into the net, and just like that, 4-3 to three with 49 seconds remaining. Unfortunately, Rangers didn't really create any chances in the final 49 seconds here. Um, you know, the Islanders dumped it into the Rangers zone with only 25 seconds left. Rangers got it back into the Islanders zone with 16 seconds left, but the Islanders eventually basically just skated out. And uh, then you've got Anders Lee scoring the empty netter with seven seconds remaining five to three Islanders is your final score. And, uh, that kind of just leads me into the post-game comments from Peter Laviolette. Cause again, obviously the Rangers rallied here and that was cool and everything for the most part, not a good game for the Rangers. And, uh, Peter Laviolette shared those sentiments is what he had to say after the game. It was not good at all. There's just way too much missing in the first period. Mildly better in the second, but not good enough. And then in the third period, we decided to work and compete. That's unacceptable the first half of the game. It's not who we are or who we want to be. There's no excuses for that. And yeah, I I get where he's coming from. I I feel like at times last season that became, I I don't want to call it a habit because that makes it sound like the Rangers just did it all season. But there were probably too many games last year where the Rangers just started slow in the first period. They, they just didn't have their legs. They just weren't focused enough, uh, making mistakes, turnovers, maybe a soft goal or two, whatever it might be. Um, you know, the early parts of last season certainly come to mind when I say all those things. And it's got to change. You know, I, look, there, 82 games, I realize they're not robots. I realize not every night can be game seven of the Stanley Cup final. I get all that. But that has to be a rare, rare exception when you come out 
and you're just not ready to go in the first period for one reason or another. Maybe it's a lackluster opponent. Maybe you're on the second game of a back-to-back, whatever it might be, but there's no excuse for it. You know, you got to come out and skate hard right away, and that's what Peter Laviolette tends to demand of his players, whether he's coaching the Rangers or anybody else uh, that he's coached throughout his career. And he wants this team building an identity, as we talked about earlier in the episode, and the Rangers just not doing that in this game, uh, even in the slightest. The, the one thing that they showed at the end was fight, and uh, that lack of quit. So that is a positive. Down four goals 10 minutes ago or just above 10 minutes ago. Would have been easy to just say, uh, well, not our night. But the Rangers kept fighting, uh, created some scoring chances, and almost stole this one. Almost got the game tied uh, in the final minute there. But uh, too little, too late. And again, that's that can't happen. You know, that's if it happens once or twice in a season, okay, fine. They're not robots. I get it. If it happens frequently, if it becomes a habit, if it gets to a point where we're not even surprised to see the Rangers uh, have a slow start, have a lackluster start, then it's a serious problem. So, um, yeah, Laviolette, I, I think he'll lay down the law there. And I would expect, you know, the Rangers, they're back in action Wednesday playing the Devils. I would certainly suspect that he's going to have them ready to go and he's going to have them treating this like a regular season game. Uh, for what it's worth, the Devils are 4-0 in the preseason. So, again, take that with something of a grain of salt. But 4-0 is 4-0. You know, I, I'd be happy if the Rangers were 4-0 right now. That's for sure. So, uh, going to be a good test for the Rangers playing a, a team that's obviously a rival and uh, a team that's obviously had success thus far in the preseason. Figure we can pretty much call it there for today. I just wanted to mention a couple of other things real quick. I mentioned Ty Emerson getting claimed by the Sharks on waivers. We're going to talk about that in our next episode, as well as uh, the other players for the Rangers that are either going to the Wolfpack, uh, reporting to their junior team, whatever the case might be. Uh, also, one other interesting note here. Obviously, the Rangers and Islanders, you know, they play each other twice in the preseason here. They split those games. They don't play each other again until February, and that's the game that's going to be happening at MetLife Stadium for, for the Met, or for the Giants, excuse me. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be in the baseball stadium. No, that's that's going to be where the Giants and Jets play, and um, definitely looking forward to watching that. Any of these outdoor games, they're always must-see TV, and if it's the Rangers, I mean, it's just that much better. One other note here, um, the Rangers thus far in the preseason, 0 for 12. I'm not ready to panic about that yet either. It'd be nice to obviously have a couple of goals there, but think about some of these power plays they're throwing out there. You know, you got guys like Nick Bonino, Barkley Goodrow on the power play unit, uh, guys that, you know, good players, obviously, and, and important to this team, but guys that aren't going to be serious candidates to see a lot of power play time once the regular season starts. Again, it'd be nice if the Rangers lit the lamp a couple of times on the main advantage. Uh, they even had a double minor the one night and weren't able to convert there. Um, but I'm not, I'm not there yet as far as panicking due to the lack of goals on the power play. Hopefully they break out of it uh, as soon as this next preseason game against the Devils. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.